Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. I kind of feel like the following episodes are like the New York Philharmonic and, <laughs> and my episode is like a caveman banging on a rock. Any chance I can have to like have a mustache that's socially acceptable. If this bullshit is famous, that must mean that my amazing art is being stifled for the exact same reason. I love so much the universe that you have created. It's like, it's something that I can go and think about and I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> Hello, I am Thomas Luge, and I'm here with another episode of the Truthcast. And as always, I am here with my partner, Mr. Latou Dicky Ricketts. Yep, and I'm definitely not Mike Bobbitt. How are you? I- I'm good. <laughs> How quickly we drop the characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's good to hide in him, but uh, it uh, it's also good to drop him. Yeah, yeah. I, it's the the times that I find it hardest is on the live show because we are on stage for an hour to an hour and a half in character, just trying to be in this world. Right. Oh, also, welcome to a uh, a Christmas. You know what? There's a war on Christmas, but I'm not part of that war. <laughs> welcome to a Christmas episode. Christian uh, warrior, Mike Bobbitt. <laughs> year end, uh, basically a, a year in review of the uh, Truth Cast and the Truth Live Show. I am Mike Bobbitt. And I am Alex Bozanovic. Yeah, we're the co-creators. We're Thomas and Dickie. Yep. <laughs> it's an exclusive. <laughs> what? <laughs> we really are. Big, big reveal. Yeah. This is a show we came up with a almost exactly a year ago mm-hmm. i uh i showed you this really hurt my feelings i uh for people that live outside of michigan and don't know i am allegedly a heterosexual gentleman and you allegedly are not uh <laughs> and both of those things are actually under suspicion <laughs> um but i sent you a copy of the text message from the calendar notice of when you and i were getting together to talk about something different at sellerman's where we started the truth show and i I also sent the phone note where we came up with the acronym for, and uh, you basically texted me back that I was gay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're very progressive. (laughs) You self-hating. I just just tell it like it is, you know? I see right through people's souls. We had this idea about a year ago, and then we started running it as a a live show, and then we had the idea that this would make a fun podcast, and... uh, Yeah, we totally did it backwards. Like, we should have done the podcast first. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Hey, we have this idea. Um, Let's do it the harder way first let's do a live show where we have to involve a venue and all kinds of equipment and uh no chance of editing like let's just go up there and just do it you know but i think it made it fun for the podcast where it was already sort of a lived-in universe at the beginning but the 
problem was at the beginning, like my friend Dougie, who lives in Australia, pointed out, I don't live in Michigan. I don't know the backstory for all these characters, which is why we did the mailbag episode a few episodes in to kind of give backstory of who we were and what the universe was and stuff like that. It's shifted a lot, too, because I think we, in the beginning, tried to put a lot of like the canon and the arc in the live show. And then, like like Dougie mentioned, like going to the podcast, people don't know the background. And I think it's kind of shifted. Like we do less, I think, of the canon in the live show anymore. Right. And just kind of keep it on the podcast now. Yeah, exactly. Here's a high point for me. It was during the farewell live show at Sellerman's that we released as a podcast where Tim Den Otter, who plays Walter Allen Lincoln Clay. Oh, this is a high point for me. This is maybe my, my most proud moment in life, let alone this show. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Goodwill and bought an entire suit, like including shoes and a hat and glasses, and he wrapped everything in in tinfoil not like not like n- not like a mummy yeah but not, he like, not like not like jamie fox in that scene in booty call when he like wraps himself in saran wrap like not like that but like literally meticulously wrapped the suit completely in tinfoil right because tim doesn't half-ass anything <laughs> yeah yeah so he told us during the day that his character was going to be from the future and only communicate telepathically which meant he wasn't going to say anything on stage and then you immediately had this idea to fuck with me yes which i didn't tell anybody i was going to do i just as soon as tim gave us the idea i just my my brain immediately was like oh i know exactly what's going to happen here so you had the idea that tim was going to lay his hands on my penis yes 9j is telling me that he senses that you dicky need some healing i need healing oh you know I, th- I believe he's referring to your foreskin surgery. I don't like where you're going with this. <laughs> but I'm gonna commit. <laughs> I'm very angry with you right now. <laughs> I've never been so angry. <laughs> Nine J says it will take thirty seconds of his touch. <laughs> one one thousand. <laughs> Two one thousand. How fast are? Okay, Nine J Nine J believes that he's he's done. He finished it fast. He finished it quickly. <laughs> How are you feeling, Dickie? (laughs) You know, when Jennifer Lawrence had that happen to her, she at least got an Oscar. On stage, right before it happens, he gives me a look that in his head is to calm me and let me know that he's got this, everything's going to be okay, and he's going to stage grab my crotch. But all I see is him look over his tinfoil covered glasses, giving me this like mischievous, like it's sort of like Santa Claus. You know how like sometimes Santa Claus can be sinister? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's that's mostly in Germany, but (laughs) right. Santa Claus. (laughs) It was not calming. It was terrifying. 
die. Mm-hmm. So that's your proudest moment in life. That, that is my number one moment in life. If I die on my way home from this recording, I, I will be happy. I want to play you my proudest moment. I edit the podcast and Thomas has a habit of going, hmm, hmm, which you said was a conscious vocal tick. Yeah, I just felt like Thomas had to have something, and, th- like, I do actually listen to a lot of conspiracy podcasts, and, uh, I've noticed that more than one of these hosts does this. When when a guest is on and they're making points, it's not just one, there's, like, several that, as the guest is making points, they just go along going, hmm... Hmm. <laughs> I put together a minute of your sounds. <laughs> I really want everyone to listen to this. Alex, this is your first time hearing this too. Yep. So uh here we go. Ah. Mm. 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 Oh no oh, my mm. That is a very good question. Of course, of course. Mm. Yes. Yes. Go! 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 Of course, of course. Do you need some of your urine? Thank you, everyone. Well, I mean, I'm glad we have a new theme song. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of stuff that kind of ends up on the cutting room floor. We're pretty good at not breaking when we're in character, uh, but sometimes we break a lot. We had Dave Landau on, and that was just one episode that we just couldn't keep it together. Yeah. Also, because we've been recording the last few episodes out of order, because the idea was try to get as many of these recorded before my baby was born, we kind of lost track of the timeline until we started editing them. After we revealed that Dickie wasn't really dating Alanis Morissette, we still had some pretty fun riffs. So I put together uh, some outtakes of the show, and uh, here are some bloopers, as well as never heard before segments on account of alex being fuck. <laughs> what's your name we need packets to go from computer to computer we need emails we need females <laughs> oh what sound was that oh i think dicky just had an orgasm <laughs> i'm real happy for dicky <laughs> In the uh, episode that Dickie will put in our feed before this one that will explain the joke that he made that didn't have any reference in this episode. Sure, uh, sure. But, um... Words hurt, Thomas! <laughs> I'm one of them roast comics, like a regular uh, Don Rickles. Like, I don't know if, like, you guys did some digging or what, um, but that's really irritating just because, like, my father's name was Donald Rickles, and, uh, you know, he had to bear that cross. And so he, you took your mother's name? No, he made up a name for me thinking, wanting to discontinue the Rickles name. My mom's name was also Donna Rickles, no relation. Uh, this was an incest. So your parents were Don and Donna Rickles. Yes, and they so they were sort of backed into a corner with this. So they just made up what they thought was this fantastical name that couldn't, you know, be used against me in some way. So yeah, they named me Rodney Dangerfield, 
and uh, there's egg on their face. I, I think it's that. romantic that they had complimentary names. If it doesn't work out with me and my girlfriend, who totally exists and lives in Canada, named Atlantis Morissette, I'm hoping to uh, marry a woman and make her pussy rickets. Huh? Say. <laughs> I got you to break, Thomas. And I'm like, no, it ain't this place. So I kept looking for some real serious stuff. And I ended up finding out that fluoride is being pumped into the water to... <laughs> so the fluoride... <laughs> I wasn't sure where to look. As soon as I made direct eye contact with you. I, I should stare at the table if I'm going to do this. Okay. I... Uh... Do you know who Alex Jones is? Alex Jones? Yeah, he, he is a uh, friend of the show. Oh, good. Great. I just did do your voice. Because I just forgot how to do a voice. <laughs> Let me rewind and try <laughs> It's so hard to do Southern and not go right into just fucking... Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, that's great. So I'm trying to look like it. Oh, then. Okay, yeah, You gotta kind of do the Southern th- and then put the twang on it. We are very familiar with uh, being deplatformed. Oh, I'm sure... Have you... you uh, <laughs> What? Twice. I'm just looking at you. I know. I just fucking keep doing his voice because <laughs> I fucking suck and I can't keep a fucking voice. All right. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, Alex Jones, I thought this might be coming. I don't know where to look. You said ethnicity? Yes. Ethnicity. You you said the blacks. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Technically, we're all having sex all the time. Well, I have sex quite a bit. My girlfriend who lives in Canada totally exists and is named Atlantis Morissette. Yes, we we went to Canada one weekend to visit Miss uh, Morissette. And she said she was very sad that she missed us. Yes, um, we unfortunately missed her, but um, I got the sense that she was totally real. Why did you just give him side eye, Thomas? I didn't give him side eye. I was just saying that I believe Atlantis Morissette is your girlfriend. Why is the corner of your mouth twitching? Is it twitching? Or is your eye twitching? His email's most likely cthomashowell at gmail.com. I find most people's email is just their name plus gmail.com. That or cthomashowell and a number at gmail.com, assuming the the one C. Thomas Howell fan may have taken that. Yes, I believe, I believe this is how um, you and Atlantis began dating, correct? Yep, I just emailed Atlantis Morissette at gmail.ca on account of her being Canadian, and uh, we started an online relationship before we met in person and had very real consensual sex uh we did all the positions uh the american ones and the canadian ones and uh yep she exists and i'm probably gonna pop the question to her soon that's exciting dickie uh this is the first i'm hearing of that yep that's exclusive where are you registered oh we're not registered yet i have to pop the question where first. are you going to register they have a chain of stores in canada called zellers i was thinking probably there mm. can i see the ring she exists okay thomas and we're really dating i am not questioning that i just want to see the we ring. we have a very distinguished guest here Part i of- am quite a ring aficionado this is two weeks in a row that you're casting doubt upon my relationship i'm just asking you a normal question dicky you are getting defensive you're defensive no you are you're an abnet fucking object that's a quote from in bruges that's made by uh martin mcdonough who's uh not american clearly not american but you can say that because you don't really exist mr lincoln you're a comedian named dj dangler (laughs) 
that's a bullshit name that I just pulled out of yeah, my ass. Yeah, who would name their self after a, a shitty occupation and a wiener? That'd be like, hey, hey, welcome to the stage, fry cook junk. I, I'm bummed that we lost Thomas starting to doubt the Alanis Morissette stuff. <laughs> yeah. That was fun, the way you were playing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the things I really like about the show, uh, speaking of Johnny Mockney, is when some of the newer people to stand up are really nervous about doing the show, like Johnny, or when we had our friend Connor Mead on the show, mm. she was really scared. Yeah. And when we got done recording that episode, she was just very like that sucked. <laughs> but it was great. Yeah, that's like, like one of our best episodes. I and think. it was her very first time improvising, to, and to the point that she was on another podcast and they were complimenting her yeah. for her improvising skills. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I I really like it when people are scared to do it and end up doing it really well. Yeah. So should we listen to a clip of Connor? Yeah. So right. Let's do it. The first time I saw you in costume, it was at the live show where Tim debuted Walt, and I just saw what looked to me like a Hazel Park local. No one recognized me. I walked out, and everyone was like looking at me, like, "Who's this fucking insane lady?" I just saw this person getting a picture with Tim in a wheelchair and I was like with like a catheter you know behind and I was like oh this shitty like this woman's getting a picture to make fun of who she believes is an eccentric crazy person and then I like stood next to you and when you started talking I was like hoy wait a second that's that's Connor's voice coming out of that crazy lady's mouth because you were like you're in your 20s yeah but like Everything about Connie just screams like <laughs> lady, yeah, yeah, lady like in her forties who like, has had a rough for. life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like forty-year-old, like uh, Hazel Park local that's lived there her whole life, right? And just been waiting tables since she was seventeen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally just me in the future. <laughs> 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 so, that's where that character came from. Was this me in twenty years? <laughs> I did not ask you what his name was. It was Greg. Greg the Bigfoot. Yeah had sort of a an ocular relationship with him that that may not have been reciprocated it turns out yes well there was one day when we were sitting well i was sitting behind him just looking at all his flowing hair and mane and uh he got up and he went to lunch which is what i thought he did until i never saw him again until until i saw those blurry pictures on the internet and I said there he is that's Greg I know him I've seen him and no one believed me but I know I, if you see those eyes you know it is so sensual now was it was it possible that Greg the Bigfoot was actually just Italian or Greek oh that's a s- insensitive or Serbian or Serbian no. very good point Dickie he was tall he had he, just, he had big feet you couldn't miss them they're feet for miles that's how I know they're humongous there's no person that just has size 27 foot that I've met other than Greg. Have you met a clown? Do you have a favorite moment? I really like the um the the Martin Butler episode, the Swan Dicks. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that one got really ridiculous really quick. And I think all of us kind of just rolled with it. Like just 
no no like glitch at all like and also like b- before that episode we were talking well i was talking about how i feel like thomas moved up the remote viewing ladder too quick right and we were trying to think of ways to like reel it back in and it just kind of happened like we weren't planning on doing it that episode but it just kind of like the the meth and the owl <laughs> that just kind of it came together and i like just jumped on it right away marty is one of those people that i've known for as long as i've been doing comedy he started about a year ahead of me mm. so to have this show where it's an opportunity to riff with friends yeah is just so cool like because really we just kind of went to marty and uh his girlfriend angie's house and turned on the mics and just let marty go yeah, yeah. and uh oh that was so much fun to record yeah i mean by the time i started doing stand-up marty had already like kind of stopped but like everybody who had been around in that era before me they like everyone unanimously would just be like yeah martin butler is one of the funniest comics oh yeah easily yeah why don't you try the methamphetamines thomas no bark 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 is this a challenge this is a challenge give me the methamphetamine oh Agatha, I wish you could respond better, but I'm kind of excited to see what will happen. You say he's going to keep an erection for quite some time. Oh, you're not going to keep one. You're going to struggle to make one for 17 hours. Thomas, don't do it. It's too late, Dickie. The methamphetamine has been done. Oh boy, this is gonna be a wild ride. Hey, speaking of rides, you know who do a lot of methamphetamines? Truck drivers in this country. That's why you got cheap shit. That's how we keep prices down. You guys think Nazis were all bad. They invented methamphetamines. That's why we keep truckers moving across this country, keeping cheap shit in our stores. Hey, Dickie! Dickie, I found some syringes behind the bus! Man, you guys are making me look like I'm Leonard Skinner or something over here. Thomas's voice got all weird. This is crazy. Yeah, it kind of is. Welcome to my wonderland out here. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Sometimes when you're standing just right, there's a, bar- a barn owl that lives in that uh, in that school bus. So we call it the bus owl. That's real funny. And we uh, we sit and we watch it. You know, it goes all winter without eating for the most part. Because as you can see, this is uh, this is God's country, the prairie up up in the thumb of Michigan. And so we're watching this damn thing just sitting there not eating all, uh, all winter long. And we're like, hey, what the fuck? Let's bring it some cornflakes. Let's see what it do. So we pour some cornflakes in a bowl, pour a little milk on the cornflakes, walk out there hold it up to this barn owl you know what this barn owl did what turned its head all the way around so it didn't have to look at us it's it just dissed us so hard Dickie, look how fast i'm running is it part of the methamphetamines that he's tied his turtleneck up like a little halter top i mean it's not necessarily a a, a byproduct but it, it could be i mean this was pretty good shit thomas come over to the microphone check in with the listeners hey guys i made this stuff in an empty two liter bottle of Mountain Dew. So it's it's got a little extra kick. It's one of my favorite moments is when we were recording with Zach Stein and we did one of those take off your headphone moments <laughs> and then you and I started arguing with each other in character <laughs> and listening to that because we recorded it a good couple of months before I edited it. Uh, it was just really fun to listen to us argue in character <laughs> like it was sort of like um like mammoth esque where in my head where i'm like oh we're like stepping on each other's lines and stuff like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. i really like that moment too <laughs> so let's listen to that moment how about that yeah let's do it <laughs>
Dickie, did you read the articles that I emailed to you? No, before? I didn't read the... I don't well, read... Of course you're going to feel threatened. You don't know what he knows. I if sent you, you those articles for a reason. If you can't send me information in the form of a YouTube video, chances are I'm not going to read it. Oh, Dickie, okay, okay what... We'll just we'll just continue using the keywords and we will get through this. He's coming at me with both guns ablaze. Well, you didn't come prepared, so what do you expect? Oh shit, he's coming back. We are at the start of a pretty big story arc. That do you remember how we came up with this idea? I don't. I think we were just talking one day about how we've been killing all of the guests, and I think one of us was just like, "Wouldn't it be funny if there was like a trial?" Right. And then I think we just kind of started just throwing ideas back and forth and it all just kind of like came together. Yeah. And so instead of like picking and choosing what are the best ideas, we've just decided, yes, let's do all of this. <laughs> One of the comments that we've gotten on iTunes was that uh, there's definitely hints of an overall story. And I think we're kind of wrapping up. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of like seasons in podcasts, but I feel like we're kind of at the end of season one. Yeah. Of. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to officially label it that, but no, like there's no, definitely no. like the, it's almost kind of like the end of an era. Right. You know, and, and we're moving into like a new kind of era. Yeah. A lot of our friends are fans of the show too. And like, Dustin Burwell never wants me to tell him what's going to happen. Yeah. He wants to be on the show and we're going to have him on the show. But I'm like, oh, well, we're doing this, this and this first. And he's like, stop it. I don't want to know. So we'll keep that kind of a secret. But we definitely have uh, things mapped out. I think one thing that was a catalyst for what's coming. I feel like we were talking about like the last Seinfeld episode. And how they had all the people that had been on the sitcom up until that point. Oh, yeah. Just, like, talking about how terrible they are. Right. I think that's kind of how we went down the path of what we're doing in right. the next couple months. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's ambitious to put together. I hope people enjoy it. I think maybe sometimes between the two of us, we need one of us to say no. <laughs> I think you and I are both like, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. I mean, it hasn't failed yet. No, no. <laughs> As of this recording, we are in 35 countries. We're getting pretty decent downloads. Like yeah. you can kind of track by city and episode numbers, how many people are listening to episodes or listening to a couple of recent ones and going back and listening to old ones. And I'm pretty happy with the way the show's going. I'm, yeah, I, it's it's been a lot of fun and it's cool seeing that other people are also enjoying it. Yeah, it's such a ridiculous show. <laughs> Here, I'm going to drop this name. So way back in the 90s, I used to help out the guys in Guar a bit. <laughs> and they had a kind of a, an issue where a lot of the Guar fans wouldn't really get the joke in that what they were parodying mm -hmm. and uh, satirizing. And I wonder if there are any people that listen to the truth cast and go like, no, man, <laughs> it's... <laughs> If you drink your urine, <laughs> if you're a Vietnam vet and you've been exposed to Agent Orange, you can time travel <laughs> and go to the set of Back to the Future and hang out with Mary Steenburgen. But I don't. I think that's another thing, though, about it is um, we're not like I don't feel like we're trying to like make fun of anyone. You know, I think no, we're, because you're legit into. Well, let's. I mean, let's. I'm not into <laughs> like there. I don't like. I don't want to like insult anyone, but there are a lot of 
of conspiracies that I'm not into. <laughs> there are actually more conspiracies that I'm not into than I am into. But you're probably a believer in more things than most people. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm more into the things like you know the JFK assassination or things like that. Like what gul- happened to JFK now? <laughs> his character was assassinated oh for saying that he was hooking up with marilyn monroe while yeah, he was yeah. married yeah oh. yeah the christians got him they'll get you every time yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah like you know i'm i'm i enjoy listening to a lot of these podcasts i think they're they're fun you know some of them i think do have like some pretty good information some of them i'm just kind of like yeah that's kind of out there <laughs> you turned me on to the conspiracy theories podcast that does two-part episodes oh yeah the podcast one yeah the podcast one where the first episode they talk about like well this is the official story and then the second part of each episode they break down the conspiracies and the plausibility of each one and I like that because I kind of feel like even though I really had no knowledge of this world at all Dickie probably didn't at the beginning either so I'm doing about as much research as I think Dickie would (laughs) that's the good thing about playing a dumb character I don't really have to know anything well I mean we both play dumb characters <laughs> my character uh puts up a facade that he's not dumb but i mean he essentially is dumb like my character is really just a fail son thomas is just a fail son he comes from a wealthy family he wants to be respected he wants to be recognized but his family kind of just doesn't take him serious and so now this is his way of rebelling is exposing their their lies you know you want me to get like really bummer talking about the um psychology of dicky <laughs> <laughs> there is a movie called This Is England that really kind of touched me. It's a semi-autobiographical movie. The guy who did it is about my age, and it's about this kid. Didn't really have a lot of friends and kind of fell in with a bunch of like Nazi skinheads. And right around the time I was working at a punk heavy metal club where there were a lot of Nazi skinheads, and I watched that movie This Is England, and I'm like, oh, I, I kind of get, I understand this kid looking for a community. And I think that's kind of who Dickie is, where Dickie's just this loner loser who had nobody and then at one of the low points in his life Thomas was nice to him and I think he just kind of follows Thomas blindly Mm -hmm. because Thomas is the only person who's shown him any respect or compassion yeah and I think I I think Tom Thomas always talks about seeing potential in Dickie but I think it's really just that like he knows he can make Dickie do whatever he wants him to do right and Dickie will like if you listen to a lot of the murders most of them happen because Dickie is trying to prove himself to Thomas or defending Thomas yeah yeah I try to make him a lovable loser mm-hmm. um, uh, that's how bread is made <laughs> <laughs> sorry for ruining bread for everyone <laughs> Jimmy Doom who plays Dr. Professor Terry O'Reilly you know he's a very gruff guy he's an actor and it's really neat for me to watch Jimmy who is basically Detroit punk rock royalty yeah. where like late 80s early 90s punk Jimmy Doom being in the band Almighty Lumberjacks of Death like Jimmy is one of the most respected people Mm. from that era and it's fun to watch him primarily play heavies to playing this really goofball professor i was trying to establish that i was bringing your mother pleasure if i did it in a manner that was not pleasing to you i i apologize but i'm a man of science and describing things of of a prurient nature may not be my forte yes, human Dickie. sexuality is a relatively new concept to me 
We record a lot of these in my home, and when my dad died last year, my wife and I moved my mom in with us, so my mom in real life is within earshot of us, and we're <laughs> recording while Jimmy's talking about having sex with <laughs> Dickie's mom, while in real life, Jimmy has played Scrabble with my mom. That's as far as it went, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> my mom's always like, I want to listen to the podcast. I'm like, I yeah, you probably no. should. I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> How did you come up with Terry O'Reilly? You said we're going to do this conspiracy theory thing, and I wanted to put a different spin on a, an existing conspiracy theory. And the chemtrails thing is pretty common, but I didn't just want to be like, oh, all those lines in the sky are going to kill you. Yeah. You know, if lines were going to kill you, it would have been the ones in the bathroom at the old Miami that killed <laughs> me. But I really, in real life, have always been fascinated with aliens and extra terrestrial stuff UFOs so I just kind of melded the two because I like I play a lot of gruff characters and and bad guys and stuff I didn't want to do this like screaming nutcase character I wanted to do somebody who was a little bit more uh off the wall and a little bit more academic and yeah. uh, you know a little less physically imposing which I think, is why I broke out the horrible blue sweater and the you know I think the, that I think that works kind of best on our show because like I think the instinct when you're talking about conspiracy theories is to be a loud screaming redneck and I'm I'm very happy that most people don't go that way. You do a lot of on-camera acting, and you know you're definitely a type. Most notably, people can see you in the movie Kill the Irishman, where you play Biker Bill. Yeah, Is Biker it? Bill. Yeah. So you play the leader of a biker gang, which you know. Let's be honest. That's the type you're going to get cast for. The I get most. cast. Yeah, yeah, I get cast as a lot of bad guys and a lot of homeless guys. Is, I tell people that if I didn't play homeless guys, it's quite possible. I I'd be homeless. Right. Is it... Have you ever played a character like Terry before? No. No, never. This is that, fun, isn't yeah, it? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why... I, because you allowed me to build my own character. If you had said, hey, we did this thing and we want you to play this guy who's a strip club manager in Gary, Indiana, <laughs> I would have said, okay, cool. But when you said run with it, then that's what I ran with and I'm glad I got to do something that's against type a little bit. <laughs> This has been a fun show. Yeah. Usually when I record the outros, or all the time when I record the outros, I'm doing it at this desk here alone, and oftentimes it's in the middle of the night, and I'm sleep deprived, uh, and I get a little sappy and sentimental, but it is a Sunday afternoon while we're recording this, yeah. and uh, when I moved back to Michigan, I had no idea how comedy was going to go for me. I, I spent five years in California to try to sell a television show or a movie script or write on a show and it didn't happen and I was scared moving back that I would just be the failure but you and the current comedy community in Detroit really welcomed me back with open arms and you particularly giving me this boost of confidence to say yeah let's do this truth show that sounds dumb and fun you know <laughs> based entirely off of isaac lanford bringing the uh, fake author show to the sellermans mm -hmm. when i was like yeah let's do something kind of along the lines of that thank you alex <laughs> I, I really really appreciate it a lot i don't know if i would be performing at all if i didn't have this and didn't have dickie and i really appreciate it tremendously well, uh, i thank you for doing it um we've spent the i mean pretty much my entire comedy career we've spent trying to like build 
a scene here in Detroit and it mostly was ignored by the people who came before us. And when you came back from LA and you were just so willing to work with us, we were all just like, yeah, come on, let's, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You guys are all tremendously talented. It's fun for me to be able to do an episode where we put someone newer, like Connor or, you know, we have an episode or, fucking brett mercer you know (laughs) he does the live show multiple times the first one he did as himself and his conspiracy was why isn't brett mercer more famous (laughs) second time he does the live show he's a cabbie in vegas wanting to talk about the vegas shooter a year after yeah and it crashed and burned yeah and then third time he came on his radar (laughs) and it killed and it stuck so to have newer people to you know vets like landau and one of the fun things is this gives me a reason to hang out with the road dogs that you know <laughs> i started with and like we had mike brody on and grant lyon and it's fun to have all these different branches of comedy or the improv people like chris peterson mm. or jenny bloomer no longer bloomer because she's married <laughs> i always see her name come up now and i'm like who is that <laughs> i know yeah I, I love that this is such a weird show mm. that we're able to pull from. Yeah. And I mean, you were talking about newer comics coming out. I mean, there were a lot, we've had a lot of newer comics on the live show that were, were very surprising. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I think Joe awesome had like a really great set on the live show. Yeah. I can't wait until we get Joe on the podcast. Yeah, we, Definitely. He's one of those people that commits so much to being who he is mm-hmm. that and his conspiracy, he was himself basically, yeah. which, Joe is from Detroit, but grew up in Florida, basically. So his conspiracy is that all conspiracies are a prank pulled by Florida <laughs> of the rest of the world. And uh, yeah, I can't wait until we get him on the podcast because yeah, yeah. he's a he's a fun human being. Yeah, he is. He's great. I love doing this. <laughs> Me too. I love that people listen. Thank you, Alex, so much for. Uh, Thank you, Mike, for you know doing this thing with me. Yeah, so. it, it's it's been a lot of fun. All right. Why don't you go do some uh, high-res gay stuff? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Truthcast. You can send questions, topic suggestions, or comments to Thomas at TrueHeroes053 at gmail.com or to Dickie at LittleDickR at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. When my wife wasn't on maternity leave, we would listen to episodes on the way to work if I could totally disgust her with a sound effect that I knew that I nailed the sound effect. So the blood spurting sound effect is a ketchup bottle that is low on ketchup. <laughs> so anytime there's like a really nasty like wound, there's always like ketchup in there. <laughs>